Cool, man. We're back. Let's light some copal. Let's like take a minute to set the vibe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I was going to say, like, can we set a, say a prayer before we go live? But I guess. Well, let's just say it on here. Okay. We'll let the people see what we do anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the card I pulled just before this is... um from our buddy Jen Sodini's deck, Amenti Oracle. Mm. Really, Great deck. Really beautiful deck. Yeah. Um, and she just released a journal. Shout out to Jen. Mm. But the card I pulled was, I communicate with compassion. And that felt like a good reminder, especially when you're about to do a podcast and you've been riding the energies and, and everything. It's just good to remember uh, the priority. And like, I try to take that into life all the time. Yeah. You know, but it's definitely one of those ones that I'm like, oh, I didn't get this by co-accident. Co-accident. <laughs> <laughs> that's my coincidence and accident. Wow, that's good. That's really, I've never heard you say that before. Just flows out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, com- compassion is definitely the prayer in our life. And uh, even even like all of our work, all of our art seems to be about providing more context so people can can, can have compassion for each other. Yeah, and I mean, I've, a, a lot's been coming up lately about like love versus fear, and it kind of feels like compassion versus judgment is like on a similar plane. Yeah. You know, they're like, love versus fear is like an umbrella term, but like if you go down, it could be like, are you being compassionate or are you judging? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I feel like a dance I've been doing lately. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird, but it happens. Compassionate people still do judge. They do stuff like that. I mean, of course. I mean, I think that's like... That's where I realized and I, I have gotten to a place of peace is realizing that there's not like an other side to the spiritual work or spiritual journey. No. It's not like, oh, I did it. I'm great. I'm such a loving person. I'm so compassionate. I'm forever going to be like the best person. I'm, I'm like, in spiritual retirement. I mean, I did it. I earned it. I earned my place here and now I get to relax. <laughs> that would be so boring. That would be so boring. Well, I think if that happens, you like die. You know what I mean? I think the world is like, okay, you can, you've done enough work on this plane. Now the angels need you. You need to be like a angel embodied and guide other people. But Mm. as long as we're here, it's like, it's about these decisions, the decision to be compassionate versus judging the decision to be loving versus fearful Mm. and not like judging yourself if you are judging or judging yourself if you are fearful and like releasing. Yeah. That's just what I've been thinking about a lot lately. So <laughs> so let's send out a prayer mm-hmm. that we are, our hearts are filled with compassion and that our words flow and that this resonates with at least someone, someone that needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's me. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like we're reminding ourselves first and foremost when we get on here. Oh, yeah. I don't have delusions that uh, this is important. No, me neither. And that's, no. I think, what allows us to do this because... Um, it's been, it's kind of can be challenging of being, of, of, of knowing why you do something, but you kind of just trust that like, if we don't do this, like it's, we, we skipped a week cause we've just been in a hosting place. Like we literally haven't had the physical space to do a podcast. This is our first time alone in uh, like a week plus. Yeah. And I mean, I think the thing is that we're always like, we need to move energy and part of our energy moving is expressing ourselves. And, uh, so yeah, here we are. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when we're in the the hosting capacity, especially, and we can get into what we've been up to, I guess, but uh, like, I feel like I'm more in a, like, a listening mode. Mm-hmm. 
Like I, I really like, especially when someone's over here, like I really want to listen to their needs. I want to listen to their stories. Like I can feel that energy when someone shows up here, like they have, they have energy to expend maybe because they haven't been around people for a long, like everybody's so fucking isolated. Right. When we get together, it's like, uh, the energy is so high. It's so high that I find myself, I wouldn't call it like a retreating, but like, a like, like a, a breathing back into, uh, less of my, my personality, you know, I've been using that a little bit less lately. And sometimes when I stray too far from that, I start to lose sense of who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's why I guess that's why we need alone time. <laughs> everyone well i think it's i think what i realized is that it's not like you're always listening but if you get out of balance with listening to other people versus listening to yourself your body and your mind and your spirit and your emotions start like screaming at you Mm -hmm. and you're like gonna have moments of outbursts or moments of of whatever it is if you don't take the time to listen to your inner self i guess i would say yeah you know and it's hard when you don't have space and i think that's something that like we're at the beginning and have been for a long time about um, like a desire for intentional community of gathering of, of coming together. And there's always this kind of, you know, it's spoken, it's, it's, it's known, but like it's, it's challenging. There's challenges that arise in coming together Mm -hmm. in community and there's egos that can conflict and priorities that can conflict. And then it's like, how do you set space for people to, share in the abundance and beauty of life and collaborate, but Mm. also then, um, protect and nurture their own temple. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful space to try to hold. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I I think with, I, I I think, uh, community and thinking about that and, um, trying to build community, however that looks is definitely a calling for us. And I think it's, uh, it feels very noble. Cause it's, it's just about like the space we hold for each other, but like, how do we expand that out? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think it's like, I want people to, it's so clear to me with the energies I've been traversing lately is that there is a need for not just us, but for many people across the world to say like, Hey, I have the spaciousness to hold space mm-hmm. for you and for your needs. For, for you to be heard. For you to be heard, to listen. Yeah. You know? And I, I think it's like, it's still humble beginnings of what that could be and it feels like we're creating a community or setting the space for a community for other people to collaborate in what they need and what they want and yeah. what they can offer yeah beautiful mm. cool Is that that's a beautiful end? intention it's a beautiful yeah. prayer let's just say amen aho i whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> i love that that started with your men's group right yeah it started with it that, that was uh yeah, that was our our men's group. That was that's one of the the prayers that or that that's the like the sign off that we say. Yeah, because one person said amen, and then someone added aho. Well, well, no, it started with aho, which is what it seems that that seems to be what people say in uh, ayahuasca circles, like acknowledging you've been heard. Yeah, from the jungle. And yeah, amen, which means so be it. Mm-hmm. I, which means I'm good. Mm-hmm. And whoop whoop. And sending out a little prayer to the juggalo gods. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think whoop whoop is like an, an acknowledgement. Like, it's like not that we ain't that serious. Yeah, I think that's, or like when someone says something, I, I like to respond via text messages a lot. I'll be like, someone will say something, I'll be like, whoop whoop. <laughs> oh, yeah. I gotta say whoop whoop. 
Ooh, ooh. <laughs> family, family. Yeah. Um, why don't you read us this card you pulled? Oh man, I pulled so many cards. Oh, you but did. I think I pulled. Seem to give a little pile of cool stuff. No, I know. It felt like. It felt like I was like, let me check in with what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, the best I can mm-hmm. of what's going on collectively, because I might not be the well, most well-versed in astrology or whatever it is, but I have, I have a nervous system. I have an ability to check in and I have the resources of deck. So I think even with, um, a limited knowledge, we are so knowledgeable if we're listening. Oh, totally. So I was like listening to the cards and I was like, oh shit. Like I, <laughs> I pulled before we got on here, I pulled to catch your breath. And I was like, <laughs> yo, we need to catch our breath. Cause we were kind of like, yeah, we're resting against the light in these winter days. Yeah. We only got a little bit of light here to do this but then so I'll, you can look great on this. And then I was like, well, that one wasn't for everyone. That one was for us. We needed to catch our breath. We did. And I think we did. But then I, I pulled one that I was like, all right, let me pull one for um, maybe whoever is listening to this mm-hmm. and what they may need to hear. And um, I, and it, it kind of resonates with some of the people we've been hanging out with lately and I think ourselves most definitely. But I pulled um, from this nature Nature's Whispers deck, which thank you, Michelle, for the telling me what's up with this one. It's a really beautiful deck. Woo woo. <laughs> I pulled Leap of Faith. See, this is a chance to create something wonderful. You are in a transition period where you need to draw on your faith, intuition, and knowledge and take it, take the leap. You will not fail. You have a safety net of support in place. You will overcome your fear and find a beautiful outcome is on the horizon. This leap of faith is the best course of action at this time. If you do make a mistake, you have the ability to try again and learn from what did not work the first time. All signs indicate that if you tr- just trust, you will succeed. Jump ahead, first into the void of the unknown, even if you eventually fall. For a while, you will soar. Mm-hmm. And that that just resonates with me very deeply because it, it really does feel, from what I understand, with you know the solar eclipses and the upcoming solstice and Jupiter Saturn conjunct and all all this e- exciting momentous energy where you know. 200 year cycles are ending and and you know this little bit of excitement of the unknown and this has just been such an intense year yeah (laughs) yeah but it's like i think what we like try to hold the space is like the reminding of another card i pulled which is co-create with spirit so like it's like kind of a a mash of co-creating with spirit and 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 taking a leap of faith in this time and trusting in um what you have to offer and you can make uh, conscious decisions, mm. loving conscious decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Without being your own worst enemy, your own fucking little nudnik contrarian piece of shit, you know, that's in all of us. Totally. <laughs> totally, man. You know, that little voice in you that wants to doubt, that wants to uh, make stories about scarcity, about fear. Mm hmm. You know. Yeah, becoming overwhelmed, overwhelmed with what you need to do, whatever, overwhelmed with what you're here to do, mm-hmm. um, and just taking it one step at a time. That's what I'm feeling lately in yeah. the ether, is that like, we just, we're just taking it one step at a time, doing our best, welcoming the shifts in energy, but like, with a loose grip, hold on loosely, you know. <laughs> Don't let go. Don't let go. <laughs> yeah, it feels like portals are open right now. 
Totally. Totally. All a portal is is a doorway. That's all. You just get to choose whether you want to open that door. Mm-hmm. I say open that door. Always. Yeah. Open the door. Walk in. Take it in. See what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, get comfortable in discomfort, you know. Op- <laughs> open the door that, like, <laughs> is maybe a little scary or take yeah. the leap of faith you need to take. Mm-hmm. and uh, trust that on the other side there's like things you couldn't imagine I mean the most beautiful things in my life are a hundred percent directly correlated to things that I did that were uncomfortable or that I like resisted or was like oh no this is bad mm-hmm. and then I do it and I bring a loving mindset to it mm. and I'm like god damn I'm so fucking strong for you know? example what do you what do you think of when you think of of that in your personal life Mm, this podcast psychedelics relationship expanding our partnership to include other people um wild shit like that yeah no totally putting your paintings out there putting my paintings out there but like it's like more love feeds more love feeds more love feeds more love so like if i want to see love reflected back into me at me at the universe i have to put love out same thing with faith Mm -hmm. you know totally i i love um a faithful person it's really it's it's uh like that's medicine for me because mm-hmm. because that's what i try to be and i you know i try to hold the line on like just trying to be um positive have a positive view of the world not see the worst in people it's hard or yourself or see the worst in yourself <laughs> usually when you're seeing the worst in other people you're seeing the worst in yourself yeah most definitely yeah i was fucking some some asshole like i I woke up this morning to uh a note from some asshole being like why do you do terrible podcasts as opposed to like you know the films you used to do like why are you doing that now and i'm like i just wrote back i'm like do you feel better that you got your recreational bitterness out towards me like this is uh i'm like you, you realize this is a reflection of you dude you know, like, that's a good question. Why do we do this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's fucking contagious. One of these days, one of those comments will get to us and we'll be like, we're done. The very podcast is over. <laughs> no, I, I felt that last week. I was like, uh, honestly, like usually throughout a week, I have like things I'm writing down and things I want to talk about. And I think because our work lately has been so in conjunction with like other people. And it's been in the moment. And it, very in the moment very much like we're in this moment we like any going further out into the future you can feel the like mm-hmm. earthquake type of energy and going into the past just it just feels like like what are we doing mm-hmm. and this so for a while i was like fuck i fucked up i have nothing to offer but i think being present in that moment it allows us to be present in this moment and maybe have a podcast that's a little more present than other ones have been and maybe that doesn't mean that we're teaching you shit because we're just like talking loosely no. to remind each yeah. other and remind ourselves and like i choose i trust everyone who listens to f- pick the medicine that's right for them yeah. and i believe that um it's possible that two people having a conversation in a relaxed state and contemplating the meaning of life can be your medicine you know Mm -hmm. yeah or we just keep you company it's not that serious totally it's definitely (laughs) not that serious yeah we uh we just got um we just came out of uh, uh, what was james calling it 
World War Free. <laughs> Spelled world. World, like W-H-I-R-L-E-D. And then war, W-O-R-E. Yeah, and free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, world War Free. Basically, we held space for a friend of ours who's uh, who's going through it, who's really going through it. And if I can even pick up on that, I'm going through it. So, uh, you know, it was, it was extremely distracting to me that our friend was out there in the world feeling so isolated and alone and not having a place to stay or people to listen to him. And, uh, yeah, we just, um, I felt a real calling the other day I woke up and I was just like, we, like our priorities are, um, they're not fucked up. They're, they're not fucked up. I just need to get back to service. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you feel that calling, it's like that's a good one that's a good one so we offered to hold space um for a uh, mdma journey journey into the heart mm-hmm. and so we've been spending the past couple of days doing and uh it's intense work it's intense work i think totally. a lot of people fancy themselves the type of people that would be good at that or should do it or they're out there getting the training doing it but like this was this was rubber meets the road type of work you know, it was challenging and, uh, there needed to be two of us there, there, there needed to be both of us, but we kept the vibe fucking high and tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely kept the vibe high and tight. No, it's interesting. We've, we've held space for a lot of people at this point and, um, most notably with <laughs> DMT. Um, yeah. DMT is, is the one we've probably and I can't wait to served have the most. Noah on to talk about his experience. I know he talked a little bit about it on his podcast. Noah Lampert, Synchronicity Podcast. Yeah, we just say Noah. Yeah, yeah. Shadow Realm. Yeah. Um, we, we, took, <laughs> we took Noah into the Shadow Realm. We'll, we'll talk about that. We should have him on. And uh, Yeah, we, we were doing it for a while, like every fucking weekend. Every weekend we were serving DMT. And because it, because it, it is a gift, and it's helped us, and it has so much potential for healing and and awareness and new perspective. And it's hard to come by. Like, I mean, people have a hard time coming by DMT. I can't yeah. even tell you the amount of people who have said like they've smoked DMT on a whim, and then they're like, with us, and then they're like, I didn't even think that I wanted to stop drinking, and I stopped drinking for two weeks, or like three. Well, we saw them two weeks later, and they're like, I've been drinking two weeks. Yeah, it's for like like you you give a, a guy DMT. And you can't tell how that medicine's going to affect their life. All you did was show them a door. They walked through it. And then when you talk to them a month later, I remember this one particular dude was just like, it's the first time, it's the first time in my adult life that I haven't drank even for a day. Yeah. He's like, I never even thought about it as like a problem or anything. It's not like I'm a drunk or anything. I just drank every day. Right. And he smoked this DMT and he did, he, there wasn't even an intellectual explanation for it. He just was like... I don't know. I just don't feel the urge to drink anymore. Well, the experience of DMT is really one of like stripping you of your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a straight shot to a very high place. Yeah. But in like I've I've felt it smoking it and being like, oh, I'm getting ripped from my ego like Velcro. Like mm-hmm. where I hold on, there's resistance. <laughs> yeah. And and then if if you do, if you don't fully let go of your story and know that you're going in there to let go of your story, you can be kind of clawing to find out what your story is. Like, who am I? Why am I here? Who, how do I know you? What, what happened? You know? And it's not, it's not just one story either. It kind of is like Velcro. It's a lot of threads all stuck together and each one is like. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. But, 
I think that that like conscious dying, like consciously killing yourself in an impermanent way, which mm-hmm. is like through psychedelic use, yeah, um, is so valuable because if you kill yourself enough times, I believe not that you're on the other side of the work, but it's it's kind of like it imprints a pattern into you mm. of and and it allows you to choose love, mm. and it's not it allows you to choose love because you're like oh, I'm not attached to these judgments or these fears. And if I'm not attached to these judgments or these fears, because these judgments and fears are not who I am, Mm. you can just land in a moment and be present. Yeah. And that's, that seems to be what's required in this healing work. And it's, it's so, was so clear to me. We were doing this thing where we were doing ohms together with our buddy, um, on MDMA we were all like holding hands and and chanting together and i and i just so clearly felt that through his healing that i'm healing absolutely you know absolutely that as we hold space for other people to heal we ourselves are healed mm. it's so clear that there's no separation it's not you're the sick and i'm the helper Mm-hmm. you're the one who needs to be healed and I'm the healer. It's not like you kind of can't get lost in those we're roles. All, we're all the healing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That, that's what I was trying to do. A lot of um, work with James before we took the medicine during, during the medicine, I think it's best to uh, just quiet down as the person holding space. You don't really want to, you don't need to or want to prompt anything or anything like that. You just kind of let the person have their experience. I think the more important stuff is how they integrate and being there for them in in the wake of, of that experience. But leading up to it, I was just telling him, I said, you know, you, you might be sick. You might have parasites. You, you might have Lyme disease, all these things that, that, you know, people have told you or you've told yourself, but what perpetuating that story is robbing you of is the present moment because for in, in this guy's, in this particular case, he is the brightest soul. I know most definitely the brightest soul I know, but when he is not present, uh, it's like the lights out. So then you, you can feel the fucking, the wheels turning and the stories coming up and the negativity piling up on each other and the self doubt crystallizing into physical pain yeah and and i just said man you're you're my brother dude i've seen you light up a room in a way that i've never seen anyone do it before i've seen you bend time and reality uh in in ways that fucking frankly blow my mind and make me a little jealous you know yeah the the way that he can he can play with things and play with life and words and mm-hmm. and turn people on and the music that flows out of that and the poetry and just like such an amazing soul that like if if you met him during one of these downturns you'd have a hard time believing what I'm even saying right now because it's that much the lights are out you know business is closed type of feeling well, that's where I can't help but conclude as much as I, like, I so badly want to, of course, help him. And I just, I think I'm, I'm learning what help is and it's more of listening and being present and loving. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I want to change his circumstance, there's also like part of me that understands like the balance of life. And if you are someone who has intense highs, you may also have intense lows. Yeah. 
and I don't really have intense highs or intense lows, but yeah. I don't have as much to offer as he does or yeah. the things that he has to offer. My brain doesn't work the way his brain works. And it's like such a gift. And I don't, and that's why like I wouldn't ever put someone, a, a friend of mine, and not that I'm a prescriber, I don't know, but I, I wouldn't encourage a friend to go on uh, antipsychotics or um maybe that's not even the right thing. Antipsychotics a little extreme. Like if you need antipsychotics, you should go on antipsychotics, but a Xanax or a regular prescription of like, like you call it, you like compress the range of emotions and experiences that one can have. But it's like these, he's a sage. You know what I mean? Yeah. His, his pain and his highs are like a reflection and a reminder to us of what's part of the human experience and why it's important for us to be there for other people and why it's important for us to prioritize figuring out how we can bring people together and how we can co-create and how we can cohabitate and and being like what am I going to tap into what do I have to offer that it that benefits the greater good because I'm unwilling to believe to, to let it just be like, okay, well, everything's perfect. I think there's a moment, there's a potential, there is everything's perfect. I'm talking really fast. I'm sorry. You can coexist with everything being perfect, but also knowing that your your role is to, to relieve suffering where you can, mm-hmm. you know, and to suffer less and, and that sort of the vibe. Yeah, There's that, this great quote, maybe I can remember it go ahead i'm just just uh you know that classic saying like the pain is inherent the suffering is not mm-hmm. life is pain it's coming your way and that's it's not even necessarily be negatively judged it's it's the way you deal with it mm-hmm. you know and, and i think that's during the during our integration session we were trying to talk about that with our friend and and just saying like believe it or not this pain is a gift this grief is a gift yeah. And believe it or not, you chose it to wake up your soul in this particular incarnation. And that's where, like, I have to take my own medicine. You wake up today and you're just like, I'm fucking spun out. I'm freaked yeah, out. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to meet, how we're going to do things or what we're going to do. And I'm just like, oh, like all this stuff that I've been offering to someone else is also my own medicine. Yeah. You know? And yeah. like, I'm the one who needs to take the leap of faith. Yeah. And just get on the fucking podcast and talk shit and just like move that energy, yeah. you know? And were you listening as much as you were listening to him? Were you listening to you? Right. Because it's so easy to project because we are always projecting stuff. So we're, we're telling people what we need to hear. And mm. so it's like important to remember that. Yeah. But we're also like um, judging people in the ways that we judge ourselves. So everything is like with awareness it's a compass. Yeah. And so that's a really cool thing. And I think, um, he's not alone in this time of being, of being in between worlds and shiftings of energy. It's, it's, we're all there. Yeah. And his is manifesting in an extreme way because he's someone who shines really bright Mm -hmm. and fine. And there's balance in that, but you know, we're all on our own roller coaster. And I think that's, that's what I'm feeling from, cards that I'm getting of, of, of reflections of, of why we, what we got to do and what we're doing is just like, we're going to keep you company as long as you listen to us. It's just, it's it's as simple as like, you just ask yourself, like, am I a good friend? What would I need if I were going through the same thing as him? I'll be honest. I kind of think of this too, but one time, one of the times 
we broke up once for an afternoon. Ten years broke up once. I think it's actually pretty awesome. Was that real? You you were done with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was done with you one time for an afternoon. Yeah. And I went and hung out with my friend Thomas. And he was like, you need to figure shit out, Cass. And I like started like looking at like, can I get a motel room? Like, what do I do? And like, it was almost like his force of like being like, yo, you just need to fucking figure your shit out. That kind of like helped guide me in a place. I'm not saying that I recommend tough love. I just have, we need to use everything we got. Yeah. And so like I, I use that and as much as he didn't like, it felt like, oh, why won't you just like hold my hand and like make me feel better and tell me I can sleep over. Mm-hmm. You know, all I wanted was for him to tell me I, he can, I can sleep over at his house. Yeah. But like he didn't. And I was like, fuck, like I need to figure my shit out. And yeah. like, it allowed me to be like, oh, I actually don't hate my boyfriend that much. <laughs> He's pretty cool. He's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's almost like in these moments of um, forced independence, mm-hmm. it feels like uh, right now, you know, with the government not sending us checks and all this yeah, stuff, yeah. this this new, triggering this new age of uh, independence. It's it's the bullshit bootstraps like fucking individualistic bullshit. You know, like, come on. I do believe in our potential, all of us, to rise to the occasion, though. And that doesn't mean that that's how I want our society to be run, but we don't really have another choice. Yeah. But to make the best of whatever our circumstances are. Mm-hmm. Um, so you try to be a good friend to people. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's, I've, I've found what life is about is just, like, grounding in a moment. Mm-hmm. And being present and not needing to be anywhere else or needing to say something or needing to do something and like figuring out like the little ways you can shift energy in a positive direction. Yeah. It's not like for me, it's not big gestures. The way I operate is like very much on a subtle plane. Oh, you're a master of it. You're a master of it. Thank you. I really do think that. I appreciate that reflection, but I think... um, There's something very motherly about it. The way like when you kick into gear, like, okay... I'm going to take the initiative here, make the vibe better. And it's going to be better for you, but it's going to be better for everyone. It's like little things like, you know, when people come over, like it's time to put snacks out. It's time to check in if, if, uh, if they're hungry, if they got enough sleep last night. Not always, but sometimes. If they need to to meditate, if, if, you know, if we should switch the music, that kind of thing. Yeah. If I'm not putting snacks out, I'm probably pretty spent. You know what I mean? (laughs) You don't have much to offer. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I don't have much to offer, but um. I think it's it's one of those things. Is like um. I, I I'm I, I don't want to like sound glib or anything, but the, you know that that saying about like you really find out who your real friends are when you're going through it. I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. Or not any, not who your real friends are, but um, who's willing to maybe sacrifice their story for a second. So they can be there for yours. Totally. Totally. And it's like this, this, uh, this, uh, balance of, um, knowing how to support people in a way that is like, allows them to have their own story and be independent Mm -hmm. at the same time and, and reminding them how powerful that they are because that's the truth. You know, the truth is you don't need anyone. The truth is you don't need anything to be happy. 
mm-hmm. you know, your whole complete as you are, you know, so it's kind of like stepping into this parallel universe where you're like, all is perfect, all is complete, and then you kind of can operate from a place of confidence. And unfortunately, things can help you like a moment to reset or a ceremony, but it's like a decision you have to make minute after minute after minute. Breath by breath. Breath by breath, right? Yeah, am I going to show up? Because mm-hmm. it's not all, you know, rainbows and unicorns and dolphins in this life. And, you know, th- there's a there's a certain element of uh, of spiritual bypass to to that people that are going to try to tell you that 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 is what's going on. You know, it, it's it's just not. Well, that's where I think this this is. We might not be in the age of Aquarius just yet. <laughs> it might be a few five hundred years off, but. Um, we are in the age of going, I think, from a shift from selfish consumption to more loving service mm. and understanding how we ourselves can show up in this new age. Yeah. And because we realize those with the most are the sickest, mm. you know, those who need to hoard wealth or um, not pay a living wage or fight against health care for all. Like that's a sickness yeah. because... As, as we heal collectively, we heal individually. And when we want there to be a very strong losers and winners dichotomy, we ourselves are continuing that where we're saying, hey, I know I could end up on the loser's side of things, so I need to maintain my side of being on the winner's side of things. Yeah. And it's such a fear-brained space to operate from that, yeah. it, that it's like you almost are like, if the pe- people realized how much power we had... I'm not, I, I'm, I'm just saying we would kind of, um, enact that power and also like shift the narrative of like, yo, if you're, if you're hoarding, you're, you're, you're sick, you know? And I, and I, and as I'm saying that, I feel the spaces in myself where I'm like tight. Where you haven't let your generosity flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Let me spark this joint cool see how that goes Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy when you talk about listening it's um, something I've tried to get really good at you're a really good listener I think that's what's made you a good documentary filmmaker and um, thank you that's probably why you're with me yeah because you listen to me Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's nice. I appreciate being listened to. You know what? You know that feeling when you know someone do- isn't listening to you, or or even beyond that, like they're kind of listening, but they couldn't give a fuck what you're saying. I mostly know because of the reflection that you have when I don't listen to you. Oh yeah. That's... You become like not a happy boy. And well, I'm, like... I'm just like okay, cool. Well, I'm I'm shutting it down because uh, I'm not the type of person to just blah 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 all all the fucking time for no reason mm-hmm. like if i'm saying something it's usually it's usually i feel like i need to fucking say it right know? more than that i feel like it needs to be heard especially if i'm saying something to you but i don't know sometimes you're just hanging out with people and they're fucking just neither here nor there they're just in their own fucking story and they couldn't give a fuck what you like we hung out with people for days on end and i'm like they fucking didn't listen to one thing i said i couldn't even i couldn't make them laugh i couldn't get them to crack a smile 
I couldn't, there was no, none of that yes and energy that you get. Like they teach you that in um, improv classes. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone's, if someone's doing something in an improv, you yes and it, you know, you, you, you're listening and you build off of that. Totally. And when when you get around people that aren't doing it, it fucking fucks my soul up. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? It fucks me up. It makes me into like, uh, I don't know, but it it makes me childlike because that's kind of probably the environment I grew up in. It was just just chaos, craziness, everybody just in their own story and uh, not paying close attention to each other's needs. And, you know, when you're when you're doing that in your social life, it's uh, I can get mad sometimes. (laughs) But but it was uh, it was a great lesson in listening um, when we were holding space during this MDMA journey. Cause our friend kept like, everything was moving so fast and he, uh, he, he kept saying, what was I just talking about? And I would remind him and he, then it would happen again. And he'd be like, you, you remembered last time you're one for one. Uh, what, what was I just talking about? And I would remind him again. He'd be like, oh, you're two for two. By the end of the day, he was like, you're five for five. So not only am I having to listen, I'm almost having to like keep track of where this is going. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother level of engagement that I wasn't expecting to like, you know, like you set yourself up for like, okay, I'm holding space. I'm not a teacher or a healer or anything like that, but I know how to hold good space. And you, you kind of can convince yourself, I'll just let this go in one ear and out the other. Cause I don't want it to get too imprinted on my soul and think that I'm as confused as this person or angry or, you know, in self doubt like that. But, you know, try, trying to listen and keep track of what someone's saying and where they're going to the point where you have to remind them where they were taking this thought was like fucking calculus for me. Well, I, think, <laughs> I mean, you're incredibly empathic. And I think what happens is you'll take on other people's stories. So like you, you, there's some times where you're like really able to show up for other people and then there becomes like a limit to what you can offer. Yeah. And there's yeah. like, I can offer you a couple days of my loving presence. Yeah. And then there's a point where you just need to take an in-breath mm-hmm. and bring some loving presence back to yourself. Or, yeah, there, there just needs to be balance restored to the situation. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, a couple days ago, we started a trend where I'm just in service to you and here for you and listening. But two, three days is a long time for me to go without expressing any truth myself. Yeah, and that's where I think I totally understand what you're saying, and I think that like it's kind of been a path to um, figure that out, how to like listen, be present, and um, self-care for my cells and my energetic body while in the presence of other people. Like I, I really want to be like, oh, you don't need this thing you think you need so i need to take that and be Mm. like okay i don't need this thing that i think i need Mm. like i don't need to go meditate for 20 minutes i don't need anything like i have an opportunity to choose to be present and happy because if i set myself like oh i'll be happy after i meditate it's a trap yeah totally you know yeah so it's like it's another thing you need in this life yeah like if only i could um you know do this thing then i'll be happy it's like no if only this- they would just fucking laugh at what i'm saying because i'm being really funny right now then i'd feel better it's like nah <laughs> totally <laughs> it I might mean, make the vibe nicer but i love that we're working through th- working this out in real time mm. oh yeah well, look we haven't had fucking two seconds alone to even <laughs> to digest 
Yeah. Um, shout out to Robert Ryan. Your shirt is so fucking cool. This? Yeah. Oh, this old thing? Oh, this old thing? <laughs> yeah, Robert Ryan's my dude. Incredible tattoo artist. Yeah, incredible. One of the best that I've seen. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not even into tattoos and I was so drawn to this guy's work and his vibe that uh, we've had him on the podcast what three or four times. Some of my favorite podcasts that we've done. We're going to get down there and do it again with him. Yeah, we need to. We lost our whole back catalog. I mean, we didn't lose it. It's now offline. So if you need something, I'm I'm in the process of there's a lot of episodes I need to get back up on. Yeah. But Rob, the episodes we've done with Robert are available. Yeah. Just hit me up for a link. He's a really deep person. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The episode we've done with Colin is available. Who's Colin? Colin Frangisetto. Okay, why are you mentioning that? Because he made this blanket. Oh, okay. Context. Yeah, Come I on. Know. Okay, yeah. I know. People I just... are listening. Oh, that's true. You're listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're listening, I'm sorry that we just took a moment to talk about something that doesn't resonate mm. or make sense. Yeah. I just needed a little like shift in energy. So I'm just taking a break to like land in this space and shout out to our girl, Margot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sent me such, such love and sweetness last night. Uh, like I didn't even know I needed it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like so sweet that there's people like that out there. Yeah. We've been, we've been, we've been blessed with some, as much as we're like on the other side of it being like, Oh, we need to take a breath. The, the truth is we've have really good friends and we've been having like an amazing time with our friends, Daniel, Josh, Mare. Like it's been fucking amazing. It's been an incredible, um, chill environment. And we've figured out a way to like have a little safe bubble of people who like all care about being safe. And that way we can come together with a little, little more confidence. yeah as much confidence as you can have in a time like this totally totally so we were listening to this record last night um i found this in your mom's pile of records Mm. you know and and i know i love uh chick korea cool can i see the cover yeah cool so this is by a band called return to forever and it's featuring chick korea so i was like let's pull this out um Return to Forever is a cool band, but Chikori is like ridiculous piano player and multi instrumentalist. And we threw this on uh, towards like like during the come down a little bit. It was really groovy, and I started reading the back, and there's this amazing poem on the back that um, that I would love to share. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. The name of this album and this poem is called. Where have I known you before? Where have I known you before? Where did we play among galaxies bright, laughing and dancing, creating each night, deciding the course to then venture on out, love, you, space, and I, free from fear, free from doubt. Where have I known you before? Where have I loved you before? Was it just yesterday? or millennia ago. I kissed, touched, held, and needed you so. Your face is so different, yet you, you're you, just you, still glowing and silvery bright, wondrous dancingly bright. I knew the moment you entered my room, that infinite eternal light. Where have I loved you before? Where have I hurt you before? 
Where did I hurt you so deep, so deep, to hear you say you knew me not, when you alone could save me there, and free me from the tyrant's keep, defender of the Vulcan's worlds, where filled my mind with blackened sleep? Where did I lose you before? Was it when you gave your life to save that pharaoh king, or when our golden mothership took flight far away from Saturn's rings? Was it when we made the pact, then drifted into violent space, so certain we would meet on the other side? But there was no such place. Where did I lose you before? Where have I known you before? The moment I saw you, I knew. I had found again the singer of a thousand songs that haunted every dream, the painter of the colors of my mind, reminding me of places we had been. I'm seeing clearer now. The truth unfolds. The past all drifts away. You're back again, my dearest friend. You never went away. Mm. That one goes out to our friend James, my brother, my brother in light. This uh, poem by Neville Potter. Check this record out. Where have I known you before? <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah, I do my best. I think I'm dyslexic. Sometimes I have a really hard time reading. Me too. Did you hear how I read that thing? I was uh, you, like, you sounded great. So maybe we're just in our own head about it. No, but I think we might both be dyslexic. I think if we, if you think if, it, if reading was easier for us, we'd probably do more of it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, I need to hear, see this in a movie. Um, That poem was really beautiful. It's one of those things that I think that, um, I don't know. I I like so want to be in this world. Like, I feel like I do drugs to bring me back. But when I hear that poem, I think of it as like a relationship with like an angel or an outer entity. And as much as I like to like keep most of my relations in this realm, um, that reminds me of that a lot of my inner peace comes from my relationship with like God, God guides angels, you know, the, the trust and know that there, that there is this, uh, universal energy that has your back and that it can come in forms, you Mm -hmm. know? So I don't know what you hear when you hear that, but I definitely feels like, um, uh, someone talking to spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. Spirit really comes in when I need her. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, because sometimes I'll be running. This is one of my favorite ways to use spirit. And I literally, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I fucking hate running. <laughs> but I literally feel little angels in my back, like, pushing me. And it, like, helps <sighs> keep me going. I'm, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I really need help right now. And I, like, call them in. Yeah. And they come up behind my back and they're like. <laughs> yeah, because they love your temple. They want to see it like yeah they're like you can do this you can do this we'll give you a little help and i just like imagine them at my back and i'm like okay yeah and it really like sometimes i forget to do it but when i do it i I, it it does help keep me going yeah you should call them and fucking all the time all the time anything you're doing they're probably pissed off that i don't call on them as often as i should no they're there with you all the time but like you know you just you just need that extra boost oh one of these decks has like um a card i think it's a deck i gave away most of my decks I've given away. It's like they retire. I'm like, okay, they've helped me. Now they can help you. Um, But it it talks about how like you can wake up in the morning and ask spirit or the universe to like gift you with Mm -hmm. something throughout the day. 
like welcoming gifts and asking to receive gifts and then you go to bed and you thank spirit for all the gifts and you like create this relationship of like expectation and gratefulness so you like expect that the universe has your back and then you thank the universe for having your back and then it i think it programs your mind to like pay attention to the the things that help you out like we haven't done a podcast in forever we got like this bright sunny day in the midst of what's going to be like a bunch of gray snowy days yeah you know that makes me really grateful yeah me too you know yeah grateful that we like have this equipment and um it's pretty easy to put this together and get out there and get it out there without having to ask permission or jump through hoops or whatever totally i mean it it definitely fills a need in, in my heart you know yeah. And I, I, um, I'm seeing more people record music and do yeah. drawings and I just, I'm always noticing an uptick on, in the creation that's happening. Cause I, I think as we, as we continue on, we're creating more and, um, you kind of program that memory of like leaping and writing the song. Yeah. Um, shout out to a couple of people on our discord, I'm not going to get them all right in this second, but uh, like Greg made a song he shared with us, which was like one of his first songs that was so fucking cool. Dombrowski. Yeah. Fucking beautiful lyrics, beautiful song. Zeph. Daniel oh Dombrowski God. made an amazing song that really touched my heart. Zeph. Zephaniah. Yeah. So it's like. Um, Our friend Joey, who's been on the podcast before, we were FaceTiming the other day. And uh, he just looks so beautiful. He's just down in Florida, you know, no shirt on. And, like, the sun's, like, right over his head. And it's, like, making his hair glow. His, like, his Leo mane. Because mm-hmm. he's, he's such that Leo energy. His mane was glowing. And it was just, like, he was just shrouded in sunlight. And uh, he was like, can I read you this poem I wrote this morning? And he proceeded to read me the most devastatingly beautiful fucking thing I had ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Joey, what the, you wrote this this morning? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And I can't help but then get, get into like, like almost like producer mode. Like, this is, you're, you're sitting on, you're, you're sitting on some serious talent. Like, Joey always blows us away with his poetry, but it's like, it's, it's popped up to the next dimension. Totally. And uh, he's super modest about it. He's just like, oh, it's just something I wrote this morning. I'm just, you know, kind of just like to, to share with us. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you got to get this out there. Record yourself in this beautiful sunlight, reading this poem, and and put it out there. Put it on the Discord at the very least. So, a lot more people sharing stuff like that. And uh, it's so motivating. It's so motivating. Like seeing how someone is like expending their creativity and co-creating with spirit and taking a leap of faith to record something mm-hmm. and share it, which is like even scarier. Oh yeah, much scarier than than writing it or you know or birthing it that's is is letting it out into the world and letting it grow up on its own yeah giving it to other people yeah yeah to the, for sure to they have their own meaning on it and like you can literally feel when people are listening to something you're like oh god oh god i mean the closest i've ever feel like in my life i've had to having a heart attack is when we're watching something we made totally with totally. someone else like it's it's a situation we've pretty much avoided because it's so uh I remember my first my first ever screening the first time I I I made a film when I was 27 and I wasn't even going to fucking do anything with it it was just like going to be a thing that that I had like I was like okay cool it was a good exercise I made a 7 minute film and uh 
made it and it was like just chilling with it. I was like, oh, this came out great. But I was still like working at History Channel. So I just had a lot of other things to fill my time. And uh, I got mono, mononucleosis. So mm-hmm. I was just drained and just stuck at home and like just kind of like just no energy. You're just kind of in bed. And uh, I was like, well, whatever. While I'm here, I might as well put this film out there. And I put it on the internet and everyone started passing it around like crazy. And like it went as viral as something could in 2008. Totally. You know? I mean, you, I, you I saw it. I saw it before I knew you. Yeah. Or knew even of you. Yeah. The name of that film is The Archive. Um, and yeah, so uh, while I had mono, I put it on Vimeo and it started spreading like wildfire. And in those same two weeks, I uh, I submitted it to Sundance. Mm-hmm. And it got into Sundance. Yeah, mm-hmm. your first film. My first film. That was really cool. You started. Cool. I didn't even realize how big of a deal that was or if it was a big deal. Started at the top. Now you're here. <laughs> Started at the top and, you know, now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so we get we get into Sundance, whatever, went out there. My first fucking screening, like, uh, I was pl- my, my film was playing before a feature film. So I was like, whatever, it's no big deal. I'm not going to be nervous. It's more about this guy's feature film than mine. But fucking Robert Redford goes walking in there. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't handle this. And uh, I, I just know Robert Redford's in the theater. You know how much I love Robert Redford. Yeah, what's like, not to love? How could you not love Robert Redford? Um, and he, I just knew he was in there. And I, I had to leave. I couldn't do it. My heart, like you could probably see even through this sweater and everything. You could could have seen how much my heart was pounding. It was so crazy. It was like, It was psychedelic. Yeah, there's something about like... Cause it wasn't mine anymore. Yeah. It wasn't mine anymore. It was, um, it was for everyone now and they were gonna, and I was going to feel that in real time with, with a real audience that they were imbuing it with their own meaning and their own stories and their own criticisms and their own praises and all this stuff. And it was just like, it was a lot for my sensitive little ass to handle. Yeah. You know. I had a little baby screening in college, but like so many people showed up, like the theater was full, yeah. you know, our college theater was full for my, uh, my senior thesis, you mm. know, documentary film on night shift. I remember having a fucking heart attack and not being there. The only other time I can really think of having a heart attack is when, um, your cousin Jesse and his wife Marie asked me to read something at their wedding, mm. like a little like blessing poem whatever they just basically said do whatever you want yeah and i like wanted to of course shoot for the stars and then i like couldn't get together i was so fucking paralyzed by the idea of even making because i just like there's so much i want to communicate about love and relationship and i just it was so important to me that Mm. i whatever how do you think i felt i had to fucking give a goddamn best man speech that day you fucking killed it you know i wasn't nervous about that it's weird i don't get like I don't get nervous for a Q&A or to speak in front of people. Like, I've done that a million times, speaking at colleges, you know, talking to audiences, teaching, like, all that. It doesn't, it doesn't get me going. When we're showing something we haven't shown to a lot of people. Well, you feel like you're bearing your soul. Well, I was going to say. Because it is. It is us. Those films are us. Totally. Yeah, there's a vulnerability there. But, like, when you, I think that there is something psychologically connected maybe to some past life shit about how, like, there were so many public hangings is, like, how that i mean i've read this okay this isn't my idea whoa that part of the reason that like being in front of people like that is because we've probably had some lifetimes where we were publicly hung hung or executed because talk about burying your soul yeah and like judgment and all this stuff that this isn't my idea i read this somewhere and i was like wow that's kind of cool it makes a little bit of sense that that kind of is like cellularly in us Mm. you know Mm. um 
because that's what we're learning is it's that how cellular way, connected we are to like past versions of ourselves yeah kind of like archetypal it'll like it just wake it, it awakens these things mm -hmm. that we're just uh on the pinpoint of and mm -hmm. so much has come before us and it's not like that that energy really can go anywhere mm -hmm. so yeah it's just a matter of if you're doing the types of things to trigger it yeah like flight or fright it kind of like yeah triggers a flight or fright yeah experience of like being judged by your peers but i mean i think i think the, those experiences um when you're first making something that that you really feel is you uh it can be it's not for the faint of heart totally it, it is not for the faint of heart like like putting that stuff putting your stuff out there in a major way where you're like look at my shit like i must want you to see it i submitted it to fucking sundance film festival mm -hmm. now thousands of fucking people are going to see this now millions of people are going to see this mm -hmm. got nominated for a fucking emmy mm -hmm. like christ in heaven what the fuck from the like from fucking around no life can be a very high risk game if you want it to be yeah yeah that was definitely some higher stakes type of thing but uh this is all this is basically all to say i wasn't dying to get my work out there i was bored mm -hmm. i was i went when all that that that, that was it, it was like this other energy that i hadn't dealt with in a long time came over me of being like kind of like bored really good at my job good at making money like uh, all this stuff but like just like wanting a little more and then like i don't know spirit listening listening to the spirit that's compelling me to get my stuff out there and that literally changed my life yeah i think that's a, a very powerful story and reminder because i even felt that with our friend i'm like yo, right now this feels like the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that like, there's so much potential for you to look back and like be grateful, like be grateful that you had mono and the opportunities that That's arrive. That's what I'm saying. You know? The pain is a gift. The despair, those moments where you're like, you know, we always say like, first there was a mountain, then there was no mountain, then there is that, those moments, like what James is going through right now, where you're like, I'm at the bottom of what seems like an insurmountable mm -hmm. mountain. And I, I, I don't know if I have it in me to do this again. I don't know if I have it in me to start this, this uh, treacherous climb again. Yeah. But, but it's, it's worth it. It's, it's worth it. And it's not going to feel like a treacherous climb. It's ascension. Mm -hmm. It's what we're here to do. Totally. And it's not always comfortable. Walking through that door is not always comfortable. It takes some adjusting. But walking through that door and ascending what you're doing is you're signaling to the lower frequencies in your life to get lost yeah no need really, for you anymore it really helps when you're trying to take flight to not have that weight totally you know so that that's what we're, that's that's kind of just what we're always trying to work through yeah and remind each other of yeah. like in these moments where it like can feel like dark and desperate it's like oh yeah. let me just tap back into my faith and understand this is part of a much larger story and this is a temporary moment mm -hmm. and a temporary moment that if if channeled if if it went despite the the temptation for fear and loss that i if i can find myself a pathway towards trust acceptance and love and this isn't like um all love and all light it's like going through acknowledging the darkness connecting with the darkness and letting releasing the darkness yeah you know yeah and you know it's like all and the thing is 
I guess the most important thing is it's like the thing that all of us have to do on a daily basis. Absolutely. And um, we just all try to remind each other that like there's bright days, bright times. There's 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 possibility for laughter if we kind of like land together and are mm. present together and laugh. And I think that's where you and I have so prioritized having a funny time because yeah. because we're always in relationship. We need it's like the the mirror the reflection is like so there all the time that um i don't really have a choice yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. i don't really i don't really get the space to like get too lost in the sauce because yeah. then i get it like coming back at me like tenfold and i'm like yo that sucks and i don't want to see that again but if i don't want to see that i need to not put it out there <laughs> yeah well well when you're lost in the sauce nothing's funny no yeah and you can see clearly when people are lost in the sauce their their sense of humor their sense of humor mm -hmm. is non-existent so i think like as silly as it seemed at first 10 years later us setting that intention for our relationship in our life that things should be funny is is just us saying we want to be present when you're not present things cannot be funny your ability to detect and sense humor is not there so when we're saying uh, our goal is to make situations fun and funny. We're just saying we want everyone to be present because when you get people laughing like that, that means they're listening. Yeah. That means that means we're we're listening and we're able to decorate this moment with things that are triggering this like cosmic guttural response. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm laughing right now thinking about, I feel like you and I pushed each other's boundaries like a little harder for this before this podcast because we both know that we're going to do a podcast. Like there's something in, and then we both like kind of dare, kind of like trigger each other like, yeah. like, okay, like let's, let's push this further because we're going to have to rebound from this. And mm -hmm. it, and then it's kind of becomes like a, a, a joke of how far we can like fucking try to trigger each other and then be like, all right, well, I jumped back. Are you jumping back too? Yeah, like, you're uh, great at that. You're great at that. You were just like, like we were just getting into it, like setting this stuff up, like fucking what the fuck guys, like what the fuck Sean. And then you're like, look, we're going to get over this. We're going to have a great podcast and we're going to have a great fucking day. It's just a matter of like, do we want to start doing that now? Or do we want to put that off and keep being a brat? And I'm like, I'm just going to keep being a brat for like 30 more seconds. And then, <laughs> then it, like when, when, when you're being a brat during those 30 seconds where someone's like, Hey, I found a fucking life raft for us and I'm like, no, I'm going to keep drowning. Like you really notice how much you're drowning in that moment yeah. where, where it's like Cass has discovered the life raft and gotten herself on there and I'm still pretending to fucking drown. It's, it's just like uh, really silly. Yeah. It makes me laugh. It's funny because like now I used to like be really protective of like pushing you even deeper into the deep end. But sometimes I'll be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to say some kind of even like you're saying nasty things to me. I'll say some nasty things to you back and then I'm going to jump back onto the then I'm going to be like, oh, and here's the life raft. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just won't let you get away with saying some nasty things and you not hearing some nasty things. It's mm -hmm. like we've got to make this fair here. It needs some balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because if people heard our nasty things. They're not that nasty. They'd think we were flirting. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> just the tone of voice that's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the energy gets nasty. Yeah. The energy gets nasty. That, that's all. You can, you can feel that. You can mm -hmm. always feel it. Like, oh man. 
we all expend so much energy yapping our heads off. Maybe that was our problem. Not our problem, but like we just did probably like seven days of like having someone over every day. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was just like we had to explode at each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like we're trying, we've tried because we know how destructive when we fight in front of other people it can be energetically. Yeah, that's been a while since we've done anything it's like that. It's been a while. <laughs> but the I thing is. I can't remember being like that. The thing is. It's like necessary. It's like the fever needs to break, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And you and I need to tussle because we need a certain amount of fire in our life to feel balanced. So there's going to be a certain amount of like. Yeah, just an idea. Mm. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. This is such a pretty plant. Yeah, it's a good one. Shout out to Abby for giving us that. Yeah. It has It's like this purple velvet plant. If you want to find it because you should have it, just type in like purple velvet leafed plant and you can find the name of it. That's what I always do. Feel free to send us plants, <laughs> um, especially smokables <laughs> and eatables. Mm. Snortables. Snortables. No. <laughs> No, sometimes. Had a couple snortables this week. It was fun. Luketa? Yeah. Yeah. It's good to only have a little bit with you at at a time because you just do it and then you're like, all right. Mm. Mm. I'm going to wait a while to do that again. Yeah. (laughs) That's all good, clean fun. So what are we going to do? The triple trifecta where we give you Hape, Sananga, and Chilkagwe at the same time? Uh, No, I almost fucking, oh my God, do you remember that last night? When I choked. Oh, that was crazy. That was fucking crazy. Talk about a fucking unexpected spiritual journey. I you was literally like, oh. just died. I was like, I guess, is this it for me? I can't take a breath in right now. I sprayed the Chilcagwe in my mouth and like... Got it in your lungs. I got it. I, yeah, I guess basically got it in my lungs. Like, you know how like when you swallow something, it goes down the wrong pipe. It like goes down your windpipe. I did that, but I did it with uh, Chilcagwe and Chilcagwe is unrelenting for a long time. It just starts physidelic, crazy madness wherever you spray it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like right here in mm-hmm. my throat. And you heard me when I was trying to take a breath in. It sounded like... No, I was like literally running you after like, you. like, can you breathe? And I'm like... I mean, you wouldn't acknowledge me. What could I say? I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. You could have looked at me and been like... It was just... I was just like... Ugh. Trying to fucking survive, I, I just I just kept telling myself like get a breath in, and I was taking a breath in. It wasn't going down the right right pipe, so it was just filling my stomach with air, and I was just letting out these huge belches, and it was just tears flowing down. I was like, oh, I'm fucking dying right now. What would and I even I, done? I I don't even know. I would have had to take like a hose and like stuck it down your gullet. Or I something. yes, something like needed to go down and just like open up the air passage. It was just like. <laughs> I was I was drowning. I need one of those pens where you like, um, just like stab it into this lung, and then it just oh, like dude. you can press for the. That was so every- scary. It was real as fuck. But honestly, mm-hmm. James coming over and putting his hand on my back saved me. Yeah, good. Yeah, and I and it just brought the whole thing together because I was an angelic servitude to that kid all fucking day for days. 
fucking touching his body skin to skin motherfucking getting in there like men touching each other fucking Mm -hmm. charging each other up blowing shit up each other's noses doing ceremony dancing screaming everything but it was like very much like i was like i'm showing up and i'm gonna be in service and like you know i don't need anything ever in return he fucking gave me everything in return plus more he literally saved my life it was just like an energetic like he just came out of himself for a second. He just put his hand on my back and it was just like, <gasps> and I got one breath in. I was like, I know I'm going to live. <laughs> I know I'm going to live. Cause I can hold my breath for like two plus minutes easily, but it, we were starting to get to that edge. And I was like, if I could just get one more breath in, I could probably go another two minutes till this calms down a little bit. And yeah. he just put his hand on my back. <sighs> I caught the breath in mm-hmm. and I didn't black out or pass out or anything. Yeah, the roles reversed so quickly. The the roles reversed in an instant. Mm -hmm. And he showed up. He was such a good friend. You Mm -hmm. know, he's such a good friend. We have so many good friends. Mm -hmm. You know, be there for each other. Um, I'm going to do a little hape to end this and to move some of this energy. Um, Let's let's just uh, send a prayer that we can all be more present. Yeah. And that we're all healing. Mm hmm. And that. If you love a motherfucker, let him know. Be there for your friends. Amen. Aho. Aye. Whoop whoop. All right. Hit me, girl. You could say the prayer. I'm going to put this up. Okay. This is Hape. This is Jungle Medicine. We actually are selling this stuff now. If you want some, we have a connection with a tribe in the jungle in Brazil. And they're fucking amazing. And they sent us the most powerful medicine I've had. So Yeah, it seems like we want to be at, like most of the places that you can buy it from. It like comes from Haw- like ships from Hawaii or ships from England. England. So yeah. we're getting some in New York. We're and supporting can, the tribes. And then can. Uh, and yeah, we can pass local. on the medicine to people. And uh, it's powerful stuff. It's ash and sacred jungle tobacco uh, ground into a powder and. You can serve it to yourself or have a lovely angel like cast service to you. And it fucking burns like a motherfucker it for burns like like a motherfucker. five seconds. Yeah, but it blows open your crown chakra and it lets the light in it and it um, really grounds you. It goes to work on your nervous system. So, um, yeah, we have this stuff. Reach out if you ever want any. And um, check out our Patreon where we have a cool show called Church of Chill where we play music. Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking proud of that show right now. Uh, like we're just having such a good time with it and i'm so proud of our patreon patreon.com slash church of chill is where our community is it's one of our hangouts yeah it's not our community it's a community and one of our hangouts is the church of chill and uh you go to patreon.com slash church of chill and you can get access to our discord and meet some like-minded motherfuckers yeah it feels like it feels like we might be facilitating a little version of finding the others so Mm. if what we say resonates with you it probably resonates with other people and we're all kind of like reminding each other the same thing so see you on the other side do you want me to say a little prayer for this sure okay um I'm going to thank the earth that grounds and supports you, supports us, Mother Earth with all its gifts and love and care. Thank the stars and the universe and the, the aliens and the angels 
May they bless you and look after you. Grateful for your heart and the loving connection. A little bless on the mind. Clear it out. times yeah thanks for listening peace and love peace and love